The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss Asmodeus, one of the most nefarious and notorious demons in Hell's hierarchy, a malevolent entity that blights marriages, killing husbands or compelling husbands into the arms of other women, and robs virgins of their beauty and chastity. One of the seven princes of hell who personify the seven deadly sins, him embodying the deadly sin of lust, and one of the nine kings of hell. Let's get into it. The prophet Zarathustra, also called Zoroaster, lived sometime between the years 1500 and 1000 BC. He founded Zoroastrianism, the ancient pre-Islamic religion of Iran. There is still some remnant of it there today, though it was widely suppressed and scoured when Islam superseded it. Many religious refugees fled to India to escape Muslim persecution. As a result, the Parsis, who today are descended from the Iranian Zoroastrians who fled to India, are considered to be the principal stewards of the Avesta which is the sacred text of Zoroastrianism. One of the demons of Zoroastrianism is called Ashmadeva, meaning raging demon, and he is thought to be the antecedent of Asmodeus, meaning Asmodeus is of ancient Iranian origin, later being incorporated into Jewish lore and becoming one of the most fearsome and formidable demons of Christianity. Other names for Asmodeus include Asmodai and Asmodei, which takes us to the Lesser Key of Solomon, a grimoire that codifies 72 demonic entities of Hell's hierarchy. There is an individual entry for each of the 72 entities in which their rank, appearance, and power is outlined, as well as how to invoke them through summoning and binding. The 32nd Spirit, Asmodei is described as a king characterized by greatness, strength, and power. He has three heads, that of a bull, that of a man, and that of a ram. He has the treacherous tail of a serpent. Gouts of flame shoot from his mouth, and his feet are webbed like those of a goose. He rides a hellish dragon and wields a lance with a banner that billows beneath the blade. When calling on him, the conjurer must ensure that the summoning ritual takes place abroad. Furthermore, it is imperative that Asmodee stand on his own feet and remove any cap or headdress. Elsewise, a maimon will taint the process with his deceptiveness. Once Asmodee can be seen in his bestial form, the conjurer must say, Art thou Asmodee? The demon cannot deny his identity when asked directly, and he will bow down on the ground. Wicked though he is, he has much to give and teach, such as the arts of arithmetic, astronomy, geometry, and all handicrafts. As well, invisibility and hidden treasures are his to bestow. He governs 72 legions of demons. The next work we are going to discuss is the Testament of Solomon, a pseudepigraphal work ascribed to King Solomon. Despite purporting to be the first-hand account of King Solomon's construction of the Temple of Jerusalem, King Solomon is thought to have reigned in the middle of the 10th century BC while the Testament of Solomon is thought to have been completed much later, sometime between the 1st and 10th centuries AD. 
one to two thousand years later. In it, the Archangel Michael gave Solomon a special ring emblazoned with the seal of God, endowing the wearer with the power to command demons. Solomon lent this ring to a young man he favored who was troubled by a demonic entity. The young man threw the ring at the demon, thereby stamping it with the seal of God that was emblazoned on it and gained complete mastery over it. Later, Solomon instructed the demon to go forth and stamp Beelzebub, the prince of demons, which he did. And once Beelzebub was his bonded servant, so too was all of demon kind. Their fiendish ranks, now an army of infernal thralls at the beck and call of a mortal man. With the power of all demon kind now at his disposal in its totality, Solomon subjected them to his will and forced them to build a great temple for him, the Temple of Solomon. One of the demons summoned for this purpose was Asmodeus. Here's the passage. I am called Asmodeus among mortals, and my business is to plot against the newly wedded, so that they may not know one another, and I sever them utterly by many calamities, and I waste away the beauty of virgin women and estrange their hearts. And I said to him, Is this thy only business? And he answered me, I transport men into fits of madness and desire when they have wives of their own so that they leave them and go off by night and day to others that belong to other men, with the result that they commit sin and fall into murderous deeds. And I said to him, Hast thou nothing else about thee, Asmodeus? And he answered, The power of God knoweth, which hath bound me with the indissoluble bonds of yonder one seal, that whatever I have told thee is true. I pray thee, King Solomon, condemn me not to go into water. But I smiled and said to him, As the Lord God of my fathers liveth, I will lay iron on thee to wear, but thou shalt also make the clay for the entire construction of the temple, treading it down with thy feet. And I ordered them to give him ten water jars to carry water in. And the demon groaned terribly, and did the work I ordered him to do. And this I did, because that fierce demon Asmodeus knew even the future, and I, Solomon, glorified God who gave wisdom to me Solomon his servant. And the liver of the fish and its gall I hung on the spike of a reed, and burned it over Asmodeus because of his being so strong, and his unbearable malice was thus frustrated. Why the liver and gall of a fish were used to thwart Asmodeus and contain his evil is explained in the book of Tobit, also called the book of Tobias, which is thought to have been written in either the 3rd or 2nd century BC. In it, Asmodeus plagues a woman named Sarah. Seven times she was married, and seven times the marriage wasn't consummated, for each time Asmodeus killed the man before the couple could go to bed. After seven such deaths, Sarah had become something of a pariah, someone viewed as accursed and in league with evil forces. However, unbeknownst to her, she was about to be delivered from her plight by her soon-to-be eighth husband, Tobias who traveled with someone he believed to be a man named Azaria, but was really the archangel Raphael in disguise. One night, Tobias went to wash his feet in the Tigris River, when, all of a sudden, a large fish appeared and tried to swallow his foot. Raphael was adamant that the fish be caught, so Tobias grabbed it with both hands and yanked it out of the water. Tobias was then instructed to cut the fish open to extract its gall, heart, and liver for these organs would be instrumental to Tobias succeeding where seven would-be husbands were killed. 
When he asked what medicinal value these organs had, Raphael responded that, when burned in the presence of someone afflicted by the dark power of a demon, the smoke created was a potent remedy for curing demonic difficulties. Later, Tobias and Sarah were wed, and heeding the sage advice of his companion, Tobias remembered to burn the gull and the liver in their bedchamber. As well, before joining each other in intimacy, they both stood up and prayed, supplicating the Lord for mercy and safety. Through the ward set by the smoke, and through the power of prayer, Asmodeus was banished, never to return to trouble them. He fled to the remote desolation of the Egyptian desert, where Raphael came upon him, binding him hand and foot. Solomon binding him, and Tobias banishing him notwithstanding, Asmodeus was one of the most powerful and highest-ranking demons, this assertion given credence by his inclusion in the upper echelon of the demonic hierarchy, as reckoned by a multitude of classifications. In The Lantern of Light, a work likely written in the early 15th century, though it has been often attributed to John Wycliffe, a philosopher, theologian, and religious dissident who died decades earlier, in 1384, the seven deadly sins are listed, and an archdemon embodies and presides over each one. They are Lucifer, pride, Beelzebub, envy, Satan, wrath, Abaddon, sloth, Mammon, greed, Belphegor, gluttony, and Asmodeus, lust. Making some changes, this mode of classification was repeated in the treatise of Confessions by Evildoers and Witches, which was written in the late 16th century by Peter Binsfield, a German theologian. Binsfield used the same approach, but his ordering is different and he swaps in a couple of new demons. Per his account, the seven demons who embody and preside over the seven deadly sins are Lucifer, Pride, Mammon, Greed, Asmodeus, Lust, Leviathan, Envy, Beelzebub, Gluttony, Satan, Wrath, and Belphegor, Sloth. In Histoire admirable de la possession d'une pénitente, written by Sebastian Michalis in the early 17th century, prominent demons are organized into three tiers. These three tiers are modeled after the angelic hierarchy outlined by Pseudo-Dionysius, so to understand this, we're going to have to spend a little time going over this conceptualization. According to Pseudo-Dionysius, there were nine angelic orders organized into three tiers so that each tier comprised three orders, three blocks of three. The lowest order was closest to earth and most concerned with earthly matters, and the highest order was closest to God's throne and most concerned with heavenly matters. In the third tier, the lowest of the three, there are the angels, the lowest order, followed by the archangels and the principalities. In the second tier are the virtues, dominions, and powers. And in the first tier, the highest tier, are the thrones, cherubim, and the seraphim, the order closest to God's throne. Bringing this back to demonology, the conceptualization used by Sebastian Michalis is the same as the one expounded by Pseudo-Dionysius, only instead of ranking angels, it ranks demons based on the angelic orders they belonged to before they fell from grace and became demons. The first tier, which contains seraphim, cherubim, and thrones, 
the three highest ranking angelic orders, features demons that once belonged to those three angelic orders. It includes Beelzebub, Leviathan, and Asmodeus, who were once princes of the Seraphim, Bereth, who was once a prince of the Cherubim, and Astaroth, Verini, Grezel, and Sonaon, who were once princes of the thrones. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.